This is it. This is the last evangelism class. Good job, everybody. You made it. Woo. So good. Of the year. Actually, this is our last, yes, school and ministry event of the year. Don't fret because the year resets in just a few weeks. Um, but this is, uh, this is super exciting. I want to I make you aware of the fact that we do have uh, the discipleship class coming up next. That's just in a few weeks. I think it's three weeks away, actually. Uh, three or four weeks. And so you can sign up for the discipleship class tonight. You can do that out in the lobby on the computers during the break or afterwards. It's also online. All these classes that you need to sign up for, all that stuff is online, including the South Africa trip and the Jesus Culture trip. So you can do that super easily. Influencechurch.org backslash ISOM. So you can do that. And there's also a pre-order for uh, Pastor Phil's book on discipleship which we'll be passing around tonight on some clipboards. So you'll just write down your name if you want to pre-order that, and we'll have those for you on Sunday. Um, I do want to plug, though, Jesus Culture again, remind you that the Jesus Culture trip is uh, in in January. It's January 23rd through 25th. If you're a student and you're here, just so you know, the the cost of the trip is actually cut in half. So for if you're a high schooler. Um, So yes, if you were concerned with the, the amount, it's only 125 for all you grown-ups with real jobs, hopefully it's 250. <laughs> we we as a church have decided though to scholarship the high school students who are going to be coming with us. So that's why we're doing that. And you can also sign up for South Africa. It is not too late. Um, and I'm sorry I don't have the flag, but Lynn um, has also signed up, and I'll get you the flag. Sorry about that. But Lynn and uh, Scout I had already announced is coming. So mother-daughter duo, they will be joining us, which is super exciting. Also, want to let you know that we're going to be doing class evaluations, and you're going to be able to fill that out. It's a form online, which I'll get you some information for um, during the break. There'll be, be little slips of paper on your seats or at your desk um, when you come back from break, but you'll be able to do that. Also, Kim Riley, can you wave your hand? Kim, over there in the back, everybody look. This is Kim. Kim is doing a homeless outreach, and so um, though it's not like a school ministry-sponsored thing, we do fully support her doing homeless outreach, and so we want to, to bless her. And so if you are wanting to do a Christmas homeless outreach, find her after uh, or during the break, and she'll be able to get you more information. She's telling me a little bit about what they did last year, and it sounds incredible. So if that's where your heart is, um, we want to encourage you to be a part of that. Okay, now for my little, uh, my little story. Um, I want to show you, this is an iPhone 4. It's, it's, a, it's a decent size, right? It's, it's a little ancient now. And, but I want to show you. <laughs> so I just want to show you really fast. This is an iPhone 6 Plus. It's, it's overwhelmingly large in comparison. Um, in fact, if I turn it sideways, the screen is about as long as this phone is wide. It's pretty unreal. When I when I first when I had an iPhone 5 still and I first saw the 6 Plus, I was like, "Holy smokes, that thing is ginormous." And um but now when I hold my phone and I see something like this, I'm like, "Holy smokes, this thing is so tiny. It's like a toy to me, you know?" And what was so funny is that my perspective shifted. My perspective totally shifted when I got the 6 Plus. It took me some time at first, yeah. But I started to see things differently. Before, this was huge. This was like a tablet. Now it's normal. And now I look at things like this, and it's like, 
wow, that thing is tiny. And I just have a different perspective. And what's so cool is as we hear testimonies tonight, and as I'm sure you guys are all feeling too, your perspective on how you talk to people is different now because of this class. Today I was at the dentist and uh, I was like, well, I got to invite my hygienist to church, you know, for Christmas Eve. So of course I would. And so it's just like, it's a, it's a shift in perspective, you know, and, and now we together corporately as a church, we're seeing the world differently. And that's such a cool thing. And uh, my prayer for us, church, is that that doesn't fade. That this perspective, the shift of perspective, is something that, that sticks in us, something that just becomes rooted deep down in our heart. Where when, our, we, when we deal with people, we, we see them as a soul that needs saving. And that Jesus loves and is wooing to come into relationship with him. So that's my prayer for us. Drew is going to lead us in a couple of tunes of worship. So while he comes up, join me in prayer. Jesus, we love you, and we just thank you for the stories that have come out of this class, all the ministry that you've been doing in the lives of people. And Holy Spirit, we just present ourselves to you tonight, and we want to be open to you. And as we've prayed for every single week throughout this class, we don't want to do this without you. We can't do it without you. It's meaningless without you. And so, Jesus, teach us again tonight, what does it look like to abide? What does it look like to go through tonight with you, to be taught by you, to be led by you, to be met by you? And so, God, we we just say, here we are. Thank you for loving us. And as we sing, we sing out of response for the goodness um, that you've done to us. We sing in response to who you are. We sing in response to this salvation that we have been able to enjoy and that we get to share with other people. And so, Lord, may these songs just be blessings to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Drew. Hey, uh, anybody believe that evangelism's on fire? I mean, I'm telling you, there is so much happening, I can't even keep a record of it. I'm starting to try to write them down because literally... It is happening. You know, I loved what um, Phil talked about Sunday. I mean, sometimes I can't. And when I'm on my phone, because I know you all are watching me, I'm actually tweeting or texting something really good that he says. So um, I, I loved when he talked about literally kind of what Nathan was just talking about, how we have to be receptive, you know. And if you're ready to receive it and you're ready to step into it, if you'll just open your mouth, literally, the Holy Spirit wants to speak through you. And this week I had two opportunities that the Holy Spirit just prophetically spoke through my mouth. And I listened. I was like, it was weird, like one of those out of body, like I'm saying something and I'm listening going, whoa, that's good. <laughs> do, do you ever have one of those where you like something so good and you want to write it down? And that's when you know that God's really doing some stuff. So a um, couple quick stories. We're going to have a few testimonies. Just so, ah, so cool stuff. So um, on Thursday, we were here for Sisterhood, which is amazing. Um, we'll start back up in, sept- in September, that too. But in January, and we started Sisterhood. It's been amazing. Patty is leading that. But we were setting up for it, and this guy walks by. And Kelly is there at the front desk, and and um, it's so neat. Teresa came in. She goes, "Oh my gosh, I have to tell you, I've been sharing my faith." And she starts telling us a story. And and Randy, her husband's calling her, going, "Oh, I'm talking to this girl at Trader Joe's. I went in to buy a banana, and next thing you know, I was leading her to Christ." And he's telling the story, and we're all excited. And this guy walks by, and we're in here laughing and everything else. And and I don't remember if it was Kelly or who one of us said, "Hey, come on in." And he's like. 
you know, and he keeps walking to the post office and he did his thing and he comes walking back by and he, he couldn't help it. He had to look. He had, and he looked in and we said, seriously, come on in. And he go, walks in and he goes, what is this place? And we said, what's well, a church? And we start talking to him and, and we said, have you had a cup of coffee? And he goes, no, I was just getting ready to get one. Come with us. And we take him back to the coffee shop and he said, seriously, I thought this was a place like gift wrapping because we were wrapping, we were wrapping presents and he thought it was a place they were doing actual professional gift wrapping. So we brought him back to, now we're getting ready to do sisterhood, right? And he goes to the coffee shop. Well, he and Cherie and Marlene get to talking. Next thing you know, he's enrolling his kids in VBS. He said, I'm looking for a church. He works across the street. It was like, his name's Eric. What, and 45 minutes later, he's, we're like almost done with sisterhood. And he's still at the coffee shop talking. And so anyway, he walked out. He goes, thank you so much for inviting me. And this is the happiest place. So anyway, like Disneyland has nothing on us, right? I mean, this is the happiest place on earth. And just all these random stories. So um, we're really excited. We actually now have officially staffed our front office. Now it's open from 8 to 5 every day because here's why. I mean, every day people are walking by here and wanting to look in. And we didn't have the doors open. It's like, you know, it's kind of like when you don't have the door open to opportunity, nothing happens. Okay, this is good. It's coming. I'm feeling it. Right, right? I'm just feeling this is a good analogy. If you don't have your door open nobody's going to come in. If you don't open your evangelism door, if you don't have a story and you're not sharing, but all of a sudden now it's contagious and everybody's wanting to tell a story. I mean, we're all looking for stories, you know, seek and you shall find. And if you start looking for a story to share, God will give you a story. It just works that way. It's the law of the harvest. You sow, you will reap. So anyway, um, I have a couple of stories. Kelly, I want you to come up here. And um, we are so excited. Kelly has come on staff now, and we love her. She is um, one of the three um, receptionists that we have at the front desk. And um, we're so excited because we have Brittany, and um, we have, um, so, oh, Missy. I'm looking for you back there. Go where's Missy? Okay, these two gals and you both probably. I should probably just come on up. It's it's the three beauties. We are not stupid. So we thought if we put some really pretty young girls at the reception desk who love Jesus, they're not just pretty faces. They have hearts for God. And all three of you have had. I'm gonna. I know you shared today, but I want you to share. But um, I'll let you two share. And then Missy, I want you to share two specific things. But go ahead. Maybe kind of share one of the stories. And then I'm um, Kelly, Missy, Kelly, and Brittany. Okay, go ahead and share. Okay. So yesterday was my first day working the reception desk. And um, I got here in the morning and it was all empty and big and I didn't really know what to do. So I, I just prayed for 15 minutes. And I was just like, God, please let me be a conduit for your spirit. Let me say the right thing to whoever walks in this door because this is my first time doing anything like this. So I was very nervous. Um, and then I posted something on Facebook about our prayer wall. And the majority of my family and friends are non-believers. So I wasn't expecting much of a response. But um, the biggest miracle I thought that day was receiving text messages, personal messages on Facebook, on the feed itself, just prayer requests from my family. And I was just so touched by it. And uh, to, to be able to have the honor and joy of praying for people whose faith isn't completely solidified was just, it was amazing for me. And it brought me to tears actually at one point um, because I was just so grateful to do it. And I, I took pictures of each individual prayer and sent it to them. And I, I think, I hope it touched their lives as much as it did mine. So. 
Okay, so I started last Wednesday and I did a full day on Wednesday. And so again, I had posted on Facebook for any prayer requests, anybody needed anything. And I didn't know what the reception was me for that because again, I have non-believer friends all over Facebook and I had people send me requests I haven't talked to in probably six, seven, eight years. And you went from like a request to all of a sudden and now they're sending you paragraphs in this. I'm messaging all these people back and forth. I have all these windows open on Facebook. And one of the prayers was actually um, from Leslie and Dan's son-in-law. And he said that he had lost his job. And so I put it in the wall and I told him I'm praying, praying over him. And I guess they just posted that he got a job. Six days. So I had messaged him like, congratulations on a job. And I kept telling him, God has got a better plan for you. And I had, um, no one really came in Wednesday because there was so much going on with setup. So everyone's getting talked to, you know, that were setting up for the Christmas tree and everything. So on Friday I worked and I had a lady come in and she said she'd been wanting to come in for a while and kind of walked by. So she came in and I said, let me give you a tour. We gave the tour, walked around talking. She went into detailed questions instantly. Like I didn't have to say anything. She was like, what's this church about? What's, you know, what's the teachings? How's the teachings? And I was telling staff this morning that I used to be very nervous about talking like about all that stuff in front of people being bold like that. And so I had prayed my first shift, like, okay, like you can do this. And I know Rosie and she gave us kind of encouragement when she spoke to us. Cause she's like, you know, queen of the desk. And so she, um, <laughs> so she, you know, told us how she does it. And so I was like, yeah, I can do this. And so I just went in, I'm like, no, I'm going to conquer this. And then, so she was like super excited, like, yeah. And I told her, if you're so nervous coming to a first service, then definitely check our live stream out, which she was super cool that everything's saved up online. And I invited her Christmas tree lighting. I'm not sure if she was there because there's so many people, but there was two or three people that just happened and it was one after the other. And then it became so natural that I'm just like, yeah, come here. Like, let me talk to you. And they were like, after a while it became too, like, they're like, whoa, okay, take it back. But I left there on Friday, super excited. And I went home and told my mom, I was like, guess what happened? Like I was just super on fire. And it's just, I know it's, I don't know these ladies too we've shared but it's kind of just a change like it just changes you just you're sitting there and someone comes in and it's just super exciting um okay so tammy asked me to share two specific stories um so thursday evening it was like 30 minutes before um i was going to close up because we close it at five and um a girl named alicia walks through the door and um she says hey i have that um daily bread devotional and i've been reading it at work and my my coworkers have asked me for some do you have some more and i was like Oh yeah, girl, we got some. So, um, and she mentions to me while she's here, she's like, you know, um, I don't have an adult Bible. I have, um, my childhood Bible, but I left it at my parents' house when I moved out and I don't have an adult Bible. Do you have any? And I didn't know where they were, but I snooped through the whole church and found them. And, um, (laughs) And gave her one, and um, it was just really cool. Another cool thing was uh, we were walking through the coffee house, and we got locked out. So God gave us more time to talk together, and it was awesome. And um, this weekend, I had the opportunity to go to Denver, and as I'm flying back home, I'm looking out the window, and God's just, like, speaking to me, and he's saying, you see how you're looking? You keep seeking me like that. You keep seeking me through the window. And he said, and I was sitting in a, a window seat um, right in front of the wing and the light, um, the light for, because it was night, the light for the plane was there. And he says, you see how um, you can see all the lights below you of the city? He says, those are my people and they need me. He said, I love them and they need me. And I said, but God, 
I have that heart. I want to do that. But how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. I've got my evangelism book, but how do I do that? And he says, do you see this light, how it shows the, shows the way in the darkness? Do you see the light on the plane? I'm going to lead you like that. And he says, and I'm going to hide you under the shadow of my wing. And I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to guide you. And I'm going to get you there. And I was like, yeah, that's insane. Like, <laughs> that's insane. So I land Monday. God's like, uh, you need to go get a devotional for Alicia because she's going to come back on Tuesday. And so I went last night and I got her one. And, and today I was like, okay. I put a note on there with Alicia just in case I left the desk and someone else could put it. And um, lunchtime came and Jen t- relieved me for lunch and she says, um, okay, um, go ahead and have lunch. And I was like, okay, well, um, if a girl named Alicia comes, tell her this is from Jesus. And she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, and I was like, it's just, um, God told me that I needed to do it. So she's going to show up. And then she didn't show up. So I'm like, okay, maybe you didn't mean today, God, you know, um, literally 15 minutes before we close up today, Alicia walks through the door. She's in the back right here. and um uh, she's gonna be my soul sister um it was by divine appointment that God called her back here and I she walked through the door and I was like I have something for you (laughs) and um so I gave it to her and she's like no way I came because I was hoping I could see you again and um then I was like we're having mentorship at five come with me and she did and it was Uh, about friendship which is something she needed to hear exactly today and then Tammy asked us to share and for her to stay and um it's it's amazing that she's here and um it's such an answer to prayer and I think it's cool a great example of the front desk can we welcome (laughs) (laughs) it was awesome Uh, you just have to stand here a minute because these are your new friends (laughs) and tell them about the little girl with the oh yeah okay so um then so I had a mom and a little girl come in around lunchtime, and we had the staff meeting going on at that time. And um, the little girl standing at the front door, they just came for the post office, and the little girl goes, Mom, I want to see what's inside. And I thought that was so cool because, you know, come to me at the heart of a child and that God led, led through her child. She's like four years old. And um, I was like, oh, did you write a letter to Santa? You can write another one. And um, the mom's actually like, you know, we, we really need a place. And she, can you tell me about VBS and whatever? So I connected her with Jen, and they got to learn all about that. And then um, afterwards, um, they left, and they came back like a minute later, and she goes, you know, she really wanted to write another letter to Santa. And she's like, would it be okay? I was like, oh, yeah, like totally. So um, I left them there, and then God is like, "Uh, you need to give her a prayer request slip to put in the wall. And so I was like, okay. Um, So I went up to her. I was like, you know, maybe while she's writing the letter to Sienna, if you have anything you want to write to God, like we have this great prayer wall, and you could put it in there. And um, she was like, really? Are you going to read it? And I was like, no, no, no. But I will pray over it, and so will the prayer team, and it's going to continue to be prayed over. So she finishes the letter to Santa. She goes to the wall, and her daughter goes, Mom, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm telling God what I need. And th- she goes, well, why would you do that? What, what is that for? And she goes, because Jesus hears me, and because I need to tell him what's going on. And it was, like, so beautiful to see a mom teaching her daughter in that moment, 
you know? And, and it was like so peaceful and sweet and like from the heart. Um, so that was cool to witness too. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. You know, that's what I mean. When you are receptive, I mean, didn't that just warm your heart? I mean, there are lots of, and we're so excited to have Alicia here and there's so many Alicia's out there who just need to be loved on and welcomed um, and mentored and discipled. And that's really why we have this class. You know, we really want to work on, in the mentorship class, I mean, everything I taught them, I turned around and I said, now you tell that, the girl next to you. Because if I'm not reproducing myself, if I'm not teaching these girls how to mentor someone, if we're not teaching you how to share your faith, it's not just learning, it's doing. Does that make sense? Um, Drew, come back up here. Introduce the new friend you just met tonight. Sorry, but this is just random stuff. Come on. Hi, everyone. I'm so nervous to be here right now. So is she. Um, so um, I was just hanging out front, eating like my fourth chocolate cupcake. Sorry, Wood has me on a diet, but not tonight. And uh, I, I saw uh, Raquel, beautiful little Raquel, walking up and looking at, kind of like creeping on our, uh, like right there, looking at the, um, all the little flyers we have up front. So I just walked over. I was like, hi, how are you? I'm Drew. Um, so she ended up saying, yeah, you know, I go to uh, a church kind of farther away um, and I'm kind of looking for something else. And what do you have for kids? And so I took it to the whole place. And then she's like, well, what's going on like right now? And I was like, well, um, <laughs> It's because of this class I got to talk to you. Um, so we think we got her kids signed up for VBS. Her 19-year-old is going to be coming to young adults. Her 15-year-old will be checking out high school group. And uh, she'll be hooking up with women's stuff. And yeah, so... Hi. <laughs> and you know, why I, I, I don't mean, well, I do mean to stretch people. I love doing that. And I think Kimmy and, and um, hopefully they're going to be coming, Kimmy and Mike, she called me today with a crazy story. Tammy, I've got to tell you what God's doing. And I said, come tonight. I want you to hear. Um, I'm going to ask Judy. Got to have one more. I want, you know, here's the thing. I want you to go, how come it's not me? Because it needs to be all of us. I mean, I think if we went all night, we could probably all do this. These are just the ones who have come up and told me. And Judy, we're stretching you here. Okay. Okay, you're bringing your prop. Um, This is Judy, and I want her to tell you, because this was a stretch for her. She took a big step, and tell them your story. Okay. I think all of us are wondering what is going to be our opening statement when we want to bring someone to Christ. I mean, what are we going to say? So I met three of my lady friends uh, at Mimi's for coffee, and I brought the book into the restaurant. Uh, One of my friends is very uh, knowledgeable on the Bible, and I said, do you know this this man? And she said, yes, I do. Uh, So then afterwards, you know, we walk out, and my other friend says to me, um, and she is a Catholic, she said, Judy, uh, aren't uh, evangelicals kind of (laughs) wacky? And uh, I said... uh, I said, well, I I attend a non-denominational church, and I said, uh, the Bible says that we are to go out and spread the gospel, and my other friend said, yes, evangelism means to to spread the gospel, so, you know, I told her about being in this class, 
And then uh, my Catholic friend and I walk to her car, and I start again kind of talking to her about, um, you know, the faith. And then she says, now, Judy, you know what happened to me four years ago. And I said, yes, I, I remember. She promised God that she would go to church every Sunday if he would heal her. She hadn't been going before. And I said, uh, you know, you're not going to get into the kingdom that way. And I said, you know, if you believe in Jesus and you believe he died on the cross, that he was buried and arose. And, and then she said, uh, but Judy, the Immaculate Conception? And I said, well, that's faith. And I said, that's a miracle. And I said, there are miracles happening at our church. And I said, uh, did, you, did you hear about the football player at Esperanza, Will Tron? I said, that young man, the doctor, said he should have died. And she said, yes, I read all about the story. And I said, the day that happened, you know, my son came to me and said, Mom, I got to go to the hospital. And my husband, Rick, was coming to Phil's Bible study that night. And, you know, we were all praying. And, and I said, it's a miracle. And so then, you know, we're, we're still chatting. And I said, um, do you know where you're going to be when you pass? And she said, uh, I said, do you know where you're going uh, when you pass? And she says, no, I don't. And I said, well, I want you to be with me. I want, I want to know. I said, I'm going to heaven, and I want to know you're going to be there with me. And so um, she says, well, now, Judy, uh, you know, I got to go. My husband's waiting. And I said, uh, no, you're not, you're not getting away from me that easy. Um, and so I just said, um, I, it's only going to take a minute. And I said, uh, let's just say it right now that, you believe that Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood, he was buried, and that he arose, and you want to get into the kingdom? And she said, yes. And I said, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, because, you know, this was my assignment to bring a one, <laughs> to bring someone to Christ. And um, I said, are you feeling anything? And she said, yes, I feel something warm came into me. And I just said, thank you so much. And she told me that she loved me. She said, Judy, I love you. And I said, I love you too. So my point being is that maybe bring the book. Maybe, maybe that <laughs> is, is some way to, to open it, right? Amen. All right. What is her name? Um, her name is Joanne. Joanne. God, we just want to thank you right now for Joanne. Thank you that Judy was bold enough to lead her friend to Christ. Father, we want to pray that the seed of, seed of faith now that has been sown in her life would grow. I pray that Judy would walk alongside her as a mentor and a guide and would disciple her now in the things of the faith. Father, that we would not let this seed go by the wayside, but we would nourish it, water it, and see it come to fruition. Thank you for all the life and all the seeds that you're giving us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. That was good. Well, you know what, I just wa I want you to know it, there are so many things happening. There are so many stories. There is just so much excitement happening. Um, but it, it happens by opening our mouth. It happens because you leave. Like today when I was going down the street in the car and I said, God, I want to see what you see today. Give me what you see. 
And I just started sharing. I was at the dentist yesterday. Must have been a thing, Nathan, you know, because I was sharing with my hygienist too, and we've been inviting her to come, our dentist. If you look and you just open your mouth, things happen. Amen. Things happen. So um, I just want to encourage you guys. We're going to do one assignment before Phil comes and we're going to turn. We're going to share one more time. Turn to the person next to you. Hopefully someone different, someone new. We're going to keep working on our uh, salvation uh, testimony. Okay. And you're going to take two minutes, share your story. Hopefully something new. All right. And, uh, and then we'll turn and switch. So ready? Meet somebody. Introduce yourself. Tell them your salvation story, not just any old testimony, your salvation story. I love it. You know, um, it's so cool because we've been, I've been on staff with John for two and a half years, and I've never heard, heard his testimony. And it was neat to hear his testimony and to be able to share my testimony. And, you know, we just shared something I want to tell you before we go any further. You know, many of you might have been like John and I, where you grew up in the church. I'm just going to give you my quick testimony because I've never done that. Um, Grew up in the church and at the age of seven during a VBS like a lot of us do. You understand there's a hell. You know, when you grow up in a Christian home, it becomes your lingo. So you understand it. Your Sunday school teachers teach it to you. And you kind of go through just the steps. I am a sinner. I stole a dollar from my mother's purse. I'm going to go to hell. I better get saved. I mean, as a child, and literally that was what it was for me. I used to steal money out of my mother's purse and buy candy bars. And that is what, literally, I remember that thinking, if that's a sin, then that's that's it. So that was my understanding of sin. Um, So at the age of seven, children have an understanding that something they did was bad. And so I accepted Jesus, made my profession of faith, Christianese. You know, we have all these terms that we use as Christians. Watford was baptized. But the age of 16, when I really began to understand the things of the Spirit, and I want to make sure we understand this, because what happens, sometimes the enemy will come when you were saved at a young age. Okay, everybody listening? Everybody listen. Sometimes the enemy will come when you're saved at a young age. If you don't know the actual day, and you go, I don't know, I was young. It happened when I, and he will tell you you're not saved. See, here's how you know if you've been saved, there's a change in your life. There's a power in your life. So at the age of 16, that was kind of when the Jesus movement started sweeping through our country. And many of us were really filled with the Spirit of God. I was on fire for God. I was leading people into the kingdom. I was just radical for Jesus and was very evangelistic with my life. And began thinking, maybe I really just became saved. I mean, maybe at seven, I didn't understand. But now at 16, I understand with my mind. So I went through really that profession of faith and just solidified, made sure that I really, really was saved was what I believe when at salvation, you are filled with the spirit of God. I believe that. But I also believe that it's not unleashed in us unless we ask for it to be. I think it's suppressed. It's part of obviously when we're saved, we receive father, son, spirit, you receive God. But many of us have not asked for that supernatural power that the Holy Spirit just every day, you should say, Lord, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me and use me. But part of my testimony I love to tell is um, 16 years old, and I really gave my faith, my faith to God, my life to God. And then fast forward, I go away to college, and then many years later, Phil and I get married, and we're pastoring a church. And Phil's doing this big revival back in the day when we did revivals. And people were coming forward, and many of them, he was teaching and preaching on believers' baptism. The baptism happens after salvation. And it, and it is a testimony of what happened. You don't, you're not baptized before you're saved. You're baptized as a demonstration of your faith after you're saved. Because it's a physical 
representation of what's happened in your life. It's you identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you don't understand that before salvation, you're just getting wet. Okay? When you do it after salvation, you are identifying. Matter of fact, it's interesting in Acts 2, and it talks about, you know, in Antioch is where they were first called Christians. And they went out and they were identifying with, in the town square, that's where baptism was. Baptismal means to be immersed under and to come back up. So he's teaching all this, and I'm saying, I think I need to be baptized. But, you know, it wouldn't, it, you know, it wouldn't be right for the preacher's wife to get baptized. Seriously, I mean, we're pastoring a church and all this, and I'm saying the Holy Spirit is just saying, you need to follow me in believer's baptism. Because I believe I probably, I, I don't know. In my heart, I wonder if I was saved, but I wanted to solidify it. So I think at 22, I, made, I, I went forward and I looked at him. He, he, he thought I was coming to pray with somebody. And I went up and I said, I need to be baptized. And he looked at me and he's like, what? And I said, I, I need you to baptize me. And it was really cool um, to have him baptize me. And I, I really believe because at that point, I've never had a doubt. I don't doubt whether I'm saved. I'm not now, I don't always follow. I don't always, I'm not always obedient. Every day I have to ask to be filled with the Spirit of God. But part of what I want to do in this class is make sure you've solidified your salvation testimony, your experience. I mean, you're not hurting anybody but yourself, all right, if you don't know it and know it well enough to tell it. And then if you don't, if you haven't followed in believer's baptism, which is after salvation, then you need to consider that. Because the Bible tells us it is the first act of obedience, not for salvation, but for obedience. So I really believe that that is, and we need to be teaching that, not, you know, not trying to lord it over to people, people, but explaining that because there's power in that. There's power in obedience. There's power in the Holy Spirit comes in. There's power when you say, God, use me. Open my mouth, Lord, send me, use me. He will. Amen. So I just, man, just if anybody has any questions on that, let's talk. Let's make tonight the night. Um, because when we come back in January, we're starting discipleship. It's going to be amazing. Now that we know how to share our faith with people, now we're going to know how to disciple people. And um, then this is a church that God's just used in a mighty way. For such a time as this, many of us have waited our whole lives for a time when God in a supernatural realm would use us. And this is that time. Amen. Okay, babe. Well, it's hard to follow all that, you know, it's like, wow, that's great. Look at all this cool stuff that's happening here and, and God doing stuff. And, and, you know, we, we knew all along that, that being in a marketplace like this, where people just come and go. And, you know, I, I, I when we first uh, started here, I, I just, I was dazzled by how many cars came through our parking lot. So I just parked my car and I sat there for an hour and I just started counting cars and as I counted cars, it was 10.5 cars per minute come through this post office. Now think about that. That's crazy, isn't it? You know, and if we'd put more speed bumps, we'd have more time to run out and catch them and <laughs> tell them about Jesus. Amen. And that'd be great. Um, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, but I want to just, uh, I want to do a, a public service announcement first. And that is about my new book. Um, <laughs> Well, the reason I want to, and the reason I say it that way, um, years ago, we began doing discipleship. And it really, uh, to, to say that discipleship changes your life is not an understatement. It really does. Because what happens is we, we get so concentrated sometimes as church on nickels and noses. How much money came in and how many people were here? And, and quantity goals while can be useful, they're not totally valuable, are they? 
because the thing is, if I got up and I could say, hey, we had X number of people here today and we had X number of people come to faith in Christ, and you'd clap your hands and go, that's wonderful. But what if I said, and today the good news is we had 40 people that glorified God and 20 people that were Christ-like. Now it's quality, isn't it? You see, and, and the th- reason that Jesus took three years with those, those 12 guys was because it wasn't simple to learn how to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. There was a process and there was a time that it took to get people to that place. And so what we have here is this is actually um, just kind of the first piece of it. It's called uh, Kingdom Discipleship. It's 10 basic lessons. And it's really, it's great. Talk about using the book as a, as a way to lead somebody to Christ. The first lesson is on salvation. So many times we found that when you'd sit down and say, hey, would you like to learn the basics of the Christian life? And in the process of that, they discover that they've never met Jesus. And you're able to lead them to the Savior right there. And what I've found is these 10 lessons that, uh, you know, we've kind of keep kind of consolidating and tightening them up and getting them really to where they really have a lot of punch. But there's more scripture in there. But we found that people oftentimes are, let's say, discipled in maybe four or five of these areas. And that's why sometimes when they're going through life, their Christian life works pretty well until they hit a point and there's a flat side in their spiritual walk and they don't know where to go with that because they weren't fully discipled. So when Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, he said, the things you have seen in me, Timothy, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So the idea was Paul invested in Timothy because he was a faithful man. And so what you want to do is we, everything, there's a principle in the kingdom, everything reproduces after its own kind, right? Wheat, wheat, corn, corn. Dogs, dogs, chickens, chickens. Well, there's a dog cat cartoon, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But, but you, you get the idea? So what kind of believer are you reproducing in your life? And 10 lessons doesn't necessarily mean 10 weeks. It could take up to a year. It took me a year to disciple one guy. Because if he's not doing his lessons or if he is not, you know, he's struggling with an issue, we have to slow down long enough because we don't want to you know, pass the guy through because he's been in the class for too long. We want to reproduce because we want him to reproduce after his kind, a quality person. So uh, the reason I am doing this as a public service announcement, we ordered a limited number of these for this weekend. So we're going to have about 300 of these on Sunday. All right? Now, this is the class. This is the book for the class that's starting January 6th. So if you want to make sure you have one, and, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get them printed again by that time. Uh, we just did a small print. But if you want to get a copy of it, if you will sign up tonight, uh, you don't have to pay, but you can. Um, that way we'll, we'll put your name on it. We'll know we'll have one for you. Because when I open this up Sunday, I know these are going to go pretty fast. You won't have to stand in line if there is a line. If there's not a line and there's only eight people wanting them, then it, this was all for nothing. But, um, <laughs> but at least it sounds good, right? But if you want to grab a copy of it, and I, here's the other thing. I honestly believe the greatest way to disciple someone is to have a copy, buy one for yourself, work through it, and have another copy so when you meet someone, say, you know, I've got, I got a discipleship book here. And then nine times out of ten, they'll say, well, can I pay for it? And that's when you go, yes. You get your money back. 
Or you say, no, don't worry about it. Why don't you pay for the next person's? You know, find a way to kind of to, to pay it forward and, and help people really understand the kingdom. So this has, uh, let me just give you the, I'm going to give you the contents in it, and then we're going to, um, we'll put it out there, you can look at it. This is just a proof copy, it's not even bound. First lesson is salvation, eternal security. Second one is baptism, the Lord's Supper. Third one is the Holy Spirit. Fourth one, the Word of God. Prayer and the will of God, how about that one, right? The local church, money and possessions, dealing with sin, evangelism, and then the judgment seat of Christ. All right? So there they are. Let's take a break. We'll get back together in a few minutes. All right? God bless you. Released.